Hello, this is Terrence McNally. The final day to vote, what used to be election day, is just over a week away. Here's my conversation with investigative journalist Greg Pallast, recorded prior to election day 2020. He laid out voter suppression efforts, closing poll sites, purging voter rolls, manipulating voting machines, putting obstacles in the way of voting by mail that the Trump administration and many state governments used to keep Americans from voting. Yet, turnout in 2020 broke records. Sadly, Republican tactics are the same this year, and we can assume they've learned from their mistakes. We won't know how well till the votes are counted and certified. Hello, I'm Terrence McNally, and welcome to Free Forum, a world that just might work. I'm going to be speaking today with Greg Pallast, who I've been talking with about voting problems and voter suppression since at least 2002. (laughs) That's 18 years. His newest book is How Trump Stole 2020, The Hunt for America's Vanished Voters. And you can learn more at Greg Pallast, Greg, G-R-E-G, Pallast, P-A-L-A-S-T, all one word, gregpallast.com. The show airs on KPFK 90.7 in L.A. and streams weekly on the Progressive Voices Network on TuneIn. Podcasts are available anytime, anywhere on Apple Podcasts, most major podcast sites, and at my site, TerrenceMcNally.net, T-E-R-R-E-N-C-E-M-C-N-A-L-L-Y.net. There are 118 days from the moment we're recording this until Election Day, and I encourage you to get involved not only with candidate campaigns, but also with efforts to, vi- to fight voter suppression and assure that all Americans get their right to vote. This is even more challenging in this time of pandemic. Make sure all Americans can vote by mail. Learn about the need for Congress to fund the U.S. Postal Service, which has been hit hard by the loss of business mail. Then, as we confront the coronavirus pandemic, I encourage you also do your part by social distancing, wearing a mask in public, and by finding ways to help those in your community who have been hurt most by the social isolation and the economic devastation that's now unfolding. And finally, as we continue to make our voices heard against racism and police brutality and for justice and inclusion, please do your part to keep this campaign alive, whether it's showing up on the streets or helping with organizing or fundraising or just taking on the deep reflection or habit building in your personal life and with those closest to you. Now to today's conversation. As I said, the elections take place soon, November 3rd, 16 weeks from now. And both sides will tell you this is the most important election in your lifetime, only this time it might be true. Let's be clear, democracy is about much more than elections, and elections are about much more than what happens on the day we vote. Our democracy is under threat, and the availability, validity, accuracy, and reliability of our voting and our vote counting is as well. Between closing poll sites, purging voter rolls, manipulating voting machines, putting obstacles in the way of voting by mail, the government is going to great lengths to keep you from voting. And today we're going to talk about those threats and what we need to do about them. Greg Pallas is known for his investigative reports for BBC, The Guardian, and Rolling Stone. His best-selling books include The Best Democracy Money Can Buy. And his newest book is How Trump Stole 2020, The Hunt for America's Vanished Voters, and you can catch his reports, as I said, at gregpalace.com. Welcome again, Greg, to Free Forum, a world that just might work. And let me remind listeners, we're recording this conversation Wednesday, July 8th. 
Glad to be with you again, Terrence. Yep, as I said, it goes back at least to 2002, and and it may have even been a little bit in the aftermath of 2000 that we started talking. So it's a long time, Greg. That's right. <laughs> when I was, uh, I had uh, issued, uh, I was an investigative reporter with the Guardian. I'm back with the Guardian. Uh, investigative reporter at the Guardian and BBC Television back in 2000. Yeah. And this this is in the book how Trump stole 2020 because you have to know how he's, how the GOP stole. 2000. And um, that's when uh, I wrote The Best Democracy Money Can Buy based on my reports, which uncovered that the Republican Secretary of State, a lady named Catherine Harris, had mm-hmm. removed tens of thousands of black people from the voter rolls of Florida. And that's how George W. became president by just 537 votes after erasing tens of thousands of black men from the voter rolls as felons, ex-cons mm-hmm. who couldn't at the time vote in Florida. In fact, not one was an ex-con. Every one of those people that lost their vote was just uh, guilty of voting while black. You remove tens of thousands of black people and then we're told George Bush is president of the United States by 537 votes? No. So that was the steal then. And then it was stolen in four. And um was the election stolen in 8 and 12 kind of uh bobby kennedy and i who was my co-writer at rolling stone in in um 12 and 8 um we calculated that barack obama was cheated out of 5.9 million votes but he still became president which tells you something they can't steal all the votes all the time so when i write a book when and this is very important right at the front When I write a book called How Trump Stole 2020, Terrence, I don't have crystal balls. I do have, I'm telling you, they've already stolen it, but we can bust the burglary and steal it back. So uh, this discussion is about not how you hide your head and cry. This is about how we take back the election so that I want to try something new in America let the voters pick the president. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, what you say, I, I, I was curious what you were going to say when you got to 2008 and 2012, and what you said is that, yes, if the uh, Democrats, who seem to like having people vote, um, uh, actually win by a semi-landslide, then they will squeak by. Yeah, If it's close... We're in big trouble because basically one party, as, as I've said for years and, and is the sort of the background to everything you're investigating, is that the, the Republican Party has realized that they no longer have the people or the ideas or the policies that uh, the majority of uh, Americans or the, even the majority of American voters want. And so they then move to uh, all the... Uh, the, the chinks in the Constitution, the chinks in, 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 in voting systems, and all these tricks that we will talk about so that they can uh, continue to win by minority rule. Well, uh, I'll put it in simpler terms as I do in the book, which is there just ain't enough white guys to reelect Donald Trump. So their entire strategy is, well, get rid of the non-white guys and, and, the, non, and the non-guys. And if you get rid of, you know, so if you get rid of young voters and voters of color, then then you can then you can win. Now again, it's not whether I'm for or against Trump. That's not the point. I'm for um, letting the the voters decide and not using Jim Crow tactics. And after Florida, and I talked about the steal in Florida in 2000, um, rather than being ashamed, they said, 
well, that worked. Mm -hmm. And and therefore, they rolled it out across the country. So the whole point, in a way, Trump stole 2020. When I say he stole it, that's not a... That's not just a phrase. What I'm saying is they've already, for example, while they removed, I said, tens of thousands of people in Florida from the voter rolls before the 2000 election, this time it's 16.7 million people have been removed from the voter rolls in the past two years. 16.7 million. And you go, Palest, are you insane? Where did you get that? From a black helicopter? No, I got it from... The United States federal government has an agency called the Elections Assistance Commission. They mm -hmm. keep track of not only our votes, but our non-votes. And it's a little hidden agency, which the GOP and, and Trump would love to disband. It was actually started by George W. In re, in, you know, when everyone's screaming about our screwed up elections in America. Uh, but they really want to shut it down because it's, it's because there, a couple of sharp journalists have found out that hidden in their data is the evidence of mass stealing, including in the 16 elections. So 16.7 million people have already been removed from the voter rolls. If you're listening, chances it could be you. And by the way, it I uh, so one thing to do, and right off, I want to say, while you're listening, please check your registration right now. And I don't care if you've been voting in the same place for 30 years. I was in Atlanta at the beginning of, of, of How Trump Stole 2020. I was in Atlanta when um, Christine Jordan, 92 years old, she was about to vote for her 50th year of voting. This is gonna be her 50th year of casting a vote. They threw her out of the polling station. They said, no record of you, get out, scram. Her niece who was taking her to the polls was hysterical. How could they do this to her? She had the civil rights meetings in her home. And I go, well, what do you mean <laughs> civil rights meetings? I go to her home. So I actually went to her home and there were pictures of her having dinner with Martin Luther King. And I said, so how did you know King? He says, well, he's my cousin. He would come oh. every Sunday afternoon. So she's been voting since the year he was assassinated, her cousin. But once again, elderly African-American woman, that's who they have to get rid of. So they've stolen it, but you can unsteal it. We can steal it back. We can bust the burglary. That is the first thing you do is go online you can go to a group like vote.org or you go to your secretary of state's office, check your registration, put in your name and get everyone you know to check their registration. I did, I did in California, Greg Pallas, and it said no such voter. I'm not kidding you. And this Greg was Pallas. what year? This was this year? Uh, no, this was um, uh, actually in 18 I mm -hmm. did this because mm -hmm. I was doing the story about how people were getting flushed. And so right. I said, so I was telling people, here's how you do it. Actually, it was on a, a Pacifica radio. Sure. I and said, here's, here's, what you, here's how you do it. Yeah. You check this way. And I said, wait, no, Greg Palace is missing. And so I, I checked it out. And there's what happens is you go to the DMV and they have in, in uh, by federal law, they re must give you a voter registration mm -hmm. form. Now you would say, now California's finally figured out that if you put all your address and all your information on the driver's application, why can't it automatically go over to your voting record, which it does now in California and in Oregon. But in the rest of the nation, good luck, Jack. And, in, and, and guess what? About 40%, 40% of the people who try to register through the DMV don't ultimately get on the voter rolls. You let, in my case, I didn't put my zip code in a third place. It had to be in three places. In, you know, if you have a name with a hyphen or an accent, Garcia Marquez, forget it. An, apo <laughs> an, ap 
My wife is O'Neill, an apostrophe. That gets oh her in trouble. Oh, my God. Yep. Yeah, it does. And you could lose your vote. And in places and, uh, like look, Georgia. Even just yeah. me, McNally. Is there a space between Mick and Nally or not? And one other thing that people will find even more comical, not only did the DMV not transfer that information, I, when I was going to register my car this year, I had moved, I had renewed my license at the new address. I assumed they would send that to the DMV, right? Not even that. Uh, so, so you really, yep. if these stories sound comical, the notion is double check. No matter double how check. confident you are, double check. Because and, and I actually, way, I did mm-hmm. have that problem with the McNally that there was that I was not in because one place there was a space between Mick and Nally and one there wasn't. And I'm going to tell you, here's the big thing. We've been looking at these lists and overwhelmingly the people whose whose registration gets flushed, rejected, purged, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, overwhelmingly voters of color. And because of the systems that they use to remove you from the voter rolls. So, for example, we had a big program called that was not used in California, but was used in 29 GOP states called Interstate Crosscheck, uh, created by a guy named Chris Kobach of Kansas, who you'll meet in the book. If you can't remember his name, just think uh, KKK. So Mr. (laughs) Chris Kobach of Kansas came up with a system of finding illegal double voters, people registered in two states. And you know what they found is that in Georgia, I have a chapter in How Trump Stole 2020 called 358 James Browns. Sure. Because in Georgia, they found 358 James Browns. And believe it or not, they found 358 James Browns in other states, Detroit, in Motown, in Michigan, in uh, Baltimore, in in Louisiana. Um, and all over. So, and, and of course they, they realized that 538 James Browns in Georgia were the same person as the 538 James Browns elsewhere. So obviously this guy's a very busy mass illegal voter, by the way, every, if you vote twice, that's five years for each count. Um, so you have this terrible guy named James Brown. Now I want you to just guess, just take a guess what color that James Brown might be. And then you know how they use the system. And here's the trick. You say, well, how do they know that voters are black? Well, in some states like Georgia and Florida, it says BLA next to your name and your voter registration card. So they ain't guessing. But here's the game. 85 of the 100 most common names in America, Rodriguez, Garcia, Ho, Chung, Park, uh, Black, Johnson. Johnson, yeah. And Jackson, yeah. Jackson. 85 of the 100 most common last names in America are minority names. So if you do this like James Brown thing, uh, as our experts said who looked at this, they said there are 832,000 Garcias in America. So if your name is Jose Garcia, you are, and you're in one of these 29 states, the chance of you being allowed to cast a ballot is getting very low. One thing you can do, the odd thing is that once they purge you from the voter rolls, and you won't know it, you right. don't know it till you show up. This is the evil of this stuff. Yeah. And is one way to defeat it, and I'll say it again, go register online. Not on a piece of paper. You registered on a piece of paper at a, at a, at a registration drive. Good luck if that gets on the rolls. Check it. If you're not there, register online. Make a screen copy of it. That's how to protect your vote. Now I want to talk about protecting your vote. Well, America. wait, wait, wait. So you, I want to yeah. jump in here. Mm-hmm. So one thing that we just heard that's interesting is that when it comes to voting, we prefer paper ballots. 
But when it comes yeah. to registering, you're saying that's better to do online. Absolutely. Okay. Just want to make Absolutely. sure people Simply get those be- two things. Yeah. Remember, you fill out a paper ballot. It, it's That's a vote. That's whether it gets counted or not. You fill out a paper form. There is someone in an office who has yeah. to get around to putting it on the voter rolls and get it right and key it in right. Six yeah. percent of all voter registrations are lost simply because a clerk has put it in wrong. Why we even use pens and paper to, for voter registration forms in the 21st century is insane. And so you are insane if you think you are registered because you filled out a, a, some form. And here's the other thing. It, when you're talking about, especially in Republican areas where Jim Crow is in charge, um, you, you know, they will literally not enter. They will simply take registration forms from voter registration drives. This happened in Georgia. Are you ready for this? 40,000 yes. voter registrations in Georgia before the election when Stacey Abrams was running against Brian Kemp. And he's a, one of the stars of How Trump Stole 2020. When she's running against Brian Kemp, um, a organization, uh, New Georgia Projects, um, got 40,000 registrations, almost all of them young voters of color. They went around college campuses. And they said, in first of all, these are people registered in 14, 2014. And they said, well, we just don't have time to, to put these people in, onto the voter rolls. And the court said, well, they don't have time. So they lost their vote in 14. By 2018, four years, four later. years later, they still had not entered their names on the voter rolls. They still hadn't gotten around to it. So this is what I'm talking about, that you literally hand in the voter registrations, and it gets worse. You'll see another story in the book. And, and you know, it's, you know, not every place is California, which has its own problems. We'll get to that, but um, it's certainly not Oregon. So, for example, in Georgia, and think, when you think Georgia, think Texas, think um, Wisconsin, think Michigan. Uh, so in Georgia, a group called 10,000 Koreans Vote was registering, trying to register 10,000 Koreans. They're getting them to vote. That means you have to register the Korean American community. So in Georgia's 6th district, they registered 4,000 uh, Korean Americans and sent in their voter registrations, and they didn't appear on the voter rolls. So Helen Ho, um, the woman who was running the organization, called up Brian Kemp's office, and I'm making fun of his accent for a reason. He was the Secretary of State in charge of the voting while he is running for governor. So this guy determines who gets to vote, which votes get counted, where you vote, etc. and he's running for office. By the way, even the Wall Street Journal said that was unethical, but hey, yep. unethical? It's Georgia. Yeah. Uh, so here's the thing. It's... So he said, where's our registrations? And they said, there are, you, you never sent in registrations. We have no record of these registrations, Asian Americans. And she said, but we, we have copies of the registration forms. He says, you have copies? Yeah. Okay, we'll be right over. They went right over with the Georgia FBI guns, bulletproof vests, kicked in the door, took the records, took the computers, and threatened everyone with a felony crime of vote tampering because they had photocopied registration forms. Oh! Said, because now they said... Now, so, of course, the group said, well, how do we keep the Secretary of State's office honest unless we photocopy the forms? And the answer is, that's the point. (laughs) So you basically have armed criminals breaking into voter offices. It's like the Watergate break-in, except instead of doing it sneaky, they go in the front door with badges on, and that's how they fix that election. So they dropped it after two years, they dropped the charges against the uh, Korean Americans, but they also killed the Korean American voter drive. So this is very important. And by the way, how did that happen? Why? Because, you know, Terrence, 
Asian Americans used to vote in the majority for Republicans. In mm -hmm. fact, uh, uh, most uh, Muslim Americans were um, Republicans, small business owners and stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, and now it's like they've turned black <laughs> voting. 75% <laughs> Democratic. Wow. So they are now, in fact, there's a, you'll see in the, uh, in, in the book, there's a, the chapter called Voting Gangnam Style, where actually had Korean American students create a tape called Voting American Style. And they're Korean American kids, they're dancing and suddenly pop, 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 they turn into John Lewis and African American dancers. So it's like they are making that point, look out, we're coming to get you. And um, so Georgia didn't take it easy. That's when the guns and badges came out. No, you aren't, because that's Kim Crow now. So yeah, we not only have Jim yeah. Crow, now we got Kim Crow. And, and, and by the Jose way, Crow. By the way, yeah. those Korean-Americans yeah. have a lot of the same last names as well, so they're just ripe for cross-check. Oh, my God. You have no idea. That's how I found the group, because they yep. have all their members, Mr. Park. Yeah. As as, as the Korean-American community was telling us, there's basically four or five names yeah. in all of Korea, last names. Yeah. And so if you're going to have David Kim— Yeah. Um, you're going to a lot of David Kims are going to find out that they have no vote uh, when they show up in November, unless of course they take the Terrence Palace <laughs> uh, advice and check your registration. Yeah. I'm going to say it again and again until you can't stand it. Yeah. But check your registration. But even then, um, you know, try again. That should do it. And then of course, uh, and there's another reason, Terrence. And this is where we get into the mail-in voting. If they have removed you from the voter rolls, you ain't getting your ballot. The number one problem with mail-in voting, and it's a lot of problems, the number one problem is that if you don't get your ballot, you can't mail it in. And not getting your ballot has just been epidemic. According to MIT, are you ready for this, Clarence? Of course, well, of course you're ready for this. You read the chapter on yep. <laughs> called um, uh, Mail-In Mania in uh, How Trump Stole 2020. According to MIT, 22% of all mail-in votes are lost, never counted. 22%, that's more than one in five. And as uh, the professors from MIT and Caltech who were on the study said, if in-precinct voting lost more than one in five voters, people would be marching in the streets. About this vote by mail, one of the things that, you, that I take from the book, let me read this quote. Georgia's Republican Secretary of State, this is not Kemp, I don't think, I think this is after, uh, or, or maybe this was Kemp, defied the National Voter Registration Act, which you talk about a lot in the book, and blocked mail-in vote applications. Um, yes. What they did was they got absentee ballot request cards and they refused to respond to them and called them inactive. And my question is, how can you be considered inactive when you're the one that initiated the contact asking for a mail-in ballot? Well, if you initiate the, 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 well, that's one of the reasons why he's always in court, The <laughs> these GOP secretaries of state. They're shameless. You have to understand. Um, so, you know, so for example, uh, the ACLU sued him because, you know, he refused to send out, uh, even send out the cards to, um, to so-called inactive voters to try to force them not to be active. If they initiate, then the question is, can they get a card? You know, and, and even such things as sending back the card and then sending back the ballot is a cost. It's an extra pain mm -hmm. and it's basically a poll tax. And, but again, the courts back them up. We've had some, in Alabama, a judge said, 
We are in the middle of a virus, okay? You're asking people to have their ballots notarized or get two of their neighbors to witness their signature. People are going to die to even mail in the ballot. So you're going to you're going to recreate yeah. the, the the viral situation through this system. And so the, the judge said, no, no, you can't. This is literally putting people's lives at risk. We have to. You, and no other state requires this stuff Two witness signatures. So but on the other hand, the Supreme Court just said, no, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. So, so let's, now, now let's do you say, say, well, you know, and by the way, Alabama is an important race because Doug Jones yeah. is fighting. He's the Democratic senator who's fighting for his life for reelection. And again, one of the things to realize when I was talking to Martin Luther King III, uh, and there's a great picture in, in How Trump Stole 2020 at the end. It's kind of what I couldn't resist putting it in. I, his, his daughter, Martin Luther King III's daughter, Martina, who is... Um, uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s granddaughter, obviously, uh, playing piano for me. And, uh, but, you know, uh, since his name is King, it's very hard for him to stay on the voter rolls of Georgia. Uh, this is, it's gotten raw, where, for example, I sued Brian Kemp, who's now the governor, uh, um, when he was Secretary of State, because he was hiding the purge lists from me. Well, right. Purge lists are not, voter lists, purge lists, are not secrets unless, you know, well, maybe in China they are, but not in the United States. So a federal judge clonged him on the head. And as I say in How Trump Stole 2020, uh, I thought I was going to have to go to a trial to get to have um, the state of Georgia open up its documents. But the judge thought that the state was just basically lying through its teeth and uh, through a legal procedure called sua sponte, just on her own. I never asked her to throw out their case. She said, Greg Palast is one open up your files, and by the way, pay his attorneys. Uh, could have knocked me over with a feather. Yeah. But you know what? I am going through uh, threatened legal action just to get basic information on voting in 20 states. Yeah. Uh, we have, the GOP has decided to run a full-scale attack, It is, and it's shameless. And you're talking about, now here's some numbers. In Georgia, we went through the purge list with experts, name by name. They said a half million people moved. We literally got the experts from Amazon and eBay and all those places. And they know exactly where you are. They use 240 databases to find out where anyone is. Amazon doesn't get it wrong. There's a good reason for that. They use 240 databases to confirm your address. We went through and confirmed the address of the voters and found out that they had illegally removed, ready, 340,134 voters in just Georgia, a third of a million voters. That's why Stacey Abrams supposedly lost. Even she said, Stacey Abrams said, citing the Greg Palace figures, right. like, it's my it's my experts. I, I don't do this stuff. You need really guys with amazing computer operations. She cited that thing and said, our work and said, you know, I won. I just won't be inaugurated. But that's one, that's where they took the vote, the latest vote thieving techniques for a test drive was in Georgia. And then they rolled it out across the nation. They've removed 800,000, 800,000 people from the voter rolls of Ohio, hundreds of thousands from in Michigan and other states where you may have Democratic governors, but you have GOP legislatures or secretaries of state who are burning through these voter rolls. They're on a, it's laser-like hit on voters of color and young voters. That's the new voter hit. I told you about Asian Americans are new, uh, are new targets, young voters our new targets. And in fact, you know, for example, in Wisconsin, swing state of swing states. Now, Terrence, we're told that supposedly Donald Trump won Wisconsin by 22,000 votes out of 5 million or right. 3 million, excuse me, 3 million cast. 
22,000 votes. Well, two weeks before the election, it says in the book, two weeks before the election, they changed the requirements for a voter ID that said you had to have a state issued photo voter ID. Well, okay, problem. State issued uh, voter ID, photo voter ID, except the state issued photo voter ID issued to the University of Wisconsin students. Those IDs, 182,000 students were disenfranchised two weeks before the election. 182,000 voters, and Trump won that state by 22,000. And if it wasn't enough to remove a couple, you know, over 100,000 students, um, because they required active photo voter ID just before the election. Well, they said, well, you can use your driver's license. But Terrence, who yeah, doesn't, exactly. drive, who doesn't of, have a license? A lot of students don't have licenses. Yes, they don't. And and a lot of, in Milwaukee, Yeah. who else? People, you know who doesn't have a license? People don't have cars. That's right. And they don't have cars. They use public transportation. Yep. They're low-income people, renters in, in Milwaukee's urban area. They use yep. the buses. So you lost 50 thousand african-american voters because of the id law Fifty thousand. this is not greg palace coming up with this i go i went to the university of wisconsin which did very careful studies of uh who voted and who you know who got knocked out of the vote the id law was and that's just one thing and so now let, 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 i, I want to step back a second first of all let me tell sure. people this is free forum a world that just might work i'm terrence, i'm terrence mcnally I'm speaking with Greg Pallast. I've been talking with Greg about voting problems and voter suppression since at least 2002. His newest book is How Trump Stole 2020, The Hunt for America's Vanished Voters, and you can learn more at gregpallast.com. This is Terrence McNally. You're listening to my 2020 conversation with investigative journalist Greg Pallast about Republican efforts to suppress the vote in that election. Spoiler alert, they're at it again. Now, what we've been talking a lot about, and I'm I, people who are familiar with this territory and have heard you elsewhere or on my show or read some of this stuff will know what we're talking about, but I, I, I'm afraid some people might be new to this. So the first thing we've been talking about a lot is voter purging. And what I don't think we did quite the backstory on that. The backstory on that is that what we mean by purging is when the Secretary of State's office decides to clean up the voter rolls and they decide that if you haven't voted in the last two elections, then you've probably moved. And that the way that most of them, uh, before they throw you off the rolls, they will send you a nondescript postcard and that postcard uh, you have to send back to tell them, no, I haven't moved. Um, And that a nondescript postcard doesn't look like something you need to open. We all know the stuff that we throw out every day that we get in the mail. And you've got to do that just to say, I haven't moved. Well, who thinks you have to do something like that? So that is their method. Once you don't send in that postcard, they use that as evidence that you've moved. And you write about a Supreme Court case that tested that because... The National Voter Registration Act, the NVRA, says, quote, a state shall not remove any person from the official list of voters registered to vote by reason of the person's failure to vote. So there's two times failing to vote is explicitly by that federal law is not enough. And they then said, but we sent them this postcard. They didn't send it back. What happened in the Supreme Court? So the Supreme Court, 
it was quite insane, this discussion, this battle between um, uh, the right wing and the, and the progressives, such as they are in the court, about whether answering, getting and answering a postcard is evidence that you've moved. Now, understand, I have the top mailing experts in America who said, I, this is an insane discussion. We are in the business of knowing where people live. And I, we can tell you right now, if, if American Express, if you don't, let's put it this way, you try to skip out on your American Express bill, they don't send you a notice and then you don't, they don't send you a little postcard. And if you don't send it back, they say, oh, well, they don't live there anymore. Forget about it. We'll just write it off. No, they're going to find you, <laughs> believe me. Yeah. Uh, and they don't do it by sending you a, a piece of junk mail, which... 90% of people throw away, but it's not just 90% of any people. There's a reason they use a postcard, a reason, which is that if you are white, uh, suburban, older, homeowner, it, you are 600% more likely to return a postcard than a black, young, urban renter. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of that is because young people, like my my kids, don't even check their mail. They have a postal yep. box at their school, and they um, yeah, you know, at their college, and they check it. They they're required to check it once a semester. Um, but beyond that, the post office doesn't tell you this. Up to twenty percent of government mass mailings are never delivered by the post office. Think about that when we talk. So about so right away, let me, let me just let me just make that clear. Mm -hmm. So you the, the state wants to purge you. Mm -hmm. You didn't vote in the last two elections. They send you a postcard. And what Greg just said is that according to the Postal Service, one out of five. Is that right? Yeah. 20 percent in the urban areas right. will never even get that postcard. So just by using that system, they've eliminated 20 percent. Yeah. So for example, for example, um, you know, people live in white suburbs, they live in an individual house. We have thousands of people who are losing their vote in Wisconsin, this ultimate swing state, because um, on the material we just got, it said no secondary address. So if you're in a building and you didn't put in your apartment number when you registered, mm -hmm. or the person keying it in simply left it off or, or didn't couldn't read it correctly, you lose your vote. Yeah. Now, who, when you're talking about buildings in urban areas, when you're talking about renters, you're talking about low-income people, people of color, young people starting out in life. In other words, voters of color, and the color is blue, Democratic. They know this. They're really good at this. And then in some states, they use other information that you've moved. But, for example, in Wisconsin, again, back to Wisconsin, um, they, uh, I met with a woman, Sequana Taylor. Now a young African-American woman, so, or youngish, everyone's young to me, uh, African-American woman. So you know that she's going to be on the purge list of people losing their votes. And what was the excuse? Well, that she moved. She shouldn't vote in Milwaukee if she's moved out of Milwaukee. Do you think that, she, that Sequana Taylor moved out of Milwaukee? I don't think so. She's a Milwaukee County supervisor. Oh my. So I don't think she moved out of Milwaukee, but she's on the hit list again, because she's African-American. And um, you say, how do they do this? Again, they understand this statistically. Mm -hmm. If you're going after Milwaukee, who's in Milwaukee? You know, that's the, it's the blackest city in America. And so when you're taking out Milwaukee voters by any means possible, like requiring them to have a driver's license to vote when they don't have a car, um, you know statistically who you're taking out. When you say students don't get to vote using their student ID, well, golly, are they voting for Trump? Yeah. Yep, and, yep. you know, so so this is that's Wisconsin, Michigan. We have other problems. 
and like all these swing states, I go through it. And and look, I got to tell you something else too. If you read how Trump stole 2020, uh, and uh, in the middle of it, very very important to me is that we have a comic book which also lays this out. But I the with uh, the comic artist Ted Rawl, there's a 48 page comic book in the middle. Mm-hmm. But I think at the end there's something very important from Ted Rawl and I. Um, it's Ted and Greg's uh, ballot condom for safe voting. Uh, no, you don't wrap it around your ballot, <laughs> but you do. There's seven bits of advice, including, as we say, to forever check your registration. But there's other things you can and should do to protect your vote because it is systemic. It is violently racist and also ageist. They've, they, they're getting, they're figuring out how to remove young people. And that's sure. why they do this mover thing. Young people move dorm room to dorm room. They're friends couch to couch. They're apartment renters. And let me tell you, if you've moved at all, even though the law says you don't have to right. re-register if you've moved in your neighborhood, well, you're a, you're a fool if you trust these people to get you your mail-in ballot, even if you've moved down the street. We had a woman in Georgia who lost her vote, African-American, of course, because she moved within her building. Right, right. That's so, a violation way, of federal law, but hey. Yeah. You know? Uh, Greg, mm-hmm. how did the Supreme Court rule? <laughs> oh, <laughs> you, you've okay. Been a, so the, you've oh. been on about four tangents since then, but how did the Supreme yes, Court I, I, rule? Did that yes. po- did that postcard <laughs> indicate you moved to the, to the Supreme Court? They accept that as if yes, you failed so to su- return the postcard, did that was the only conclusion you could make that you must they, have moved. Yeah, you must have moved. Well, what they said is if that's the best info they have, they didn't return a card, they didn't vote. Okay, so that must have meant they must have moved away. The Supreme Court 5-4 accepted that. Right. Now I'm going to so, back, I'm going to use yeah. your own backup here. It's this John Lenser and company, as you say, mm-hmm. the nation's top advanced address list hygiene, the ones who work with Amazon, who work with the credit card companies, who when people need to find, they go through your list. You get the list from Brian Kemp that he purged 665,000 uh, prior to the 2016 election. You then have this Lenser company go through it, and that's where you got that number. They said 340 out of that uh, 640,000. Yeah, 340,000 out of 665,000 were still living in the home in which they'd registered. The list was 74% wrong. And what the point you make, mm-hmm. and, 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 and I assume it was made at the Supreme Court, is the states could use this service. Instead of the postcard service, it would be cheaper and it would be real and it would be accurate and they choose not to. Cheaper and accurate, how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but if you use cheaper and accurate, you're not going to remove a lot of black people. That's right. If you and the, and, the, Supreme and accurate, Court, the Supreme Court was willing to accept rather than that they should have instituted something to actually um, check, they were willing to accept this postcard uh, setup that doesn't. Well... Here was one of the problems, and this is this is where our action is required okay. now. And I'm talking to, uh, I've been working with Stacey Abrams, or might be working with Stacey Abrams, with the ACLU and others. Um, the Supreme Court did not know about the, the method that the industry itself, that the mailing industry itself uses to know exactly where you are. The Supreme Court didn't have that information because the, the plaintiffs thought, well, look, the law is really clear. You can't lose your vote for not voting. So we don't have to show the court that there's another way to do this. So the it's never been brought to a court, oh. believe it or not, that oh. there is an alternative accurate ah. method. So right now, as we speak, I can't give away all the, right. the players in this, but major civil rights, voting rights, 
various attorneys. Well, I can give out one name, Barbara Arnwine, who is mm-hmm. considered the nation's number one voting expert. She's outraged, and she wants now. Now that she's learned about this thing called advanced address list hygiene, now how many people listening have ever heard of this right. thing? I know I didn't. And because it's a it's an obscure little area of the mailing industry, and sure. they don't like to talk about it because they don't like to say, you know what? We know that you downloaded yeah. porn last Wednesday at yeah. 2 p.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do know that. We know that. I can get that information. I can get all that stuff on you. But So they don't like to talk about it. But the truth is they have that information. And ready for some really goofy stuff? In Wisconsin, they mail out a postcard to see if you're still where you are. And remember, students are registered at their dorm rooms. Yep, yep, yep. And which are, by the way, closed because of COVID. Um, they, re- you know, so people are moving around. So they send a postcard, but believe it or not, most people in Wisconsin, about half the people registered online, and they have their phone numbers and emails. They could send out an email. Yeah. I mean, first of all, they shouldn't be creating these hit lists anyway. Why are we creating hit lists? And just so you know, in the state of Wisconsin, in terms of taking this on, yes, the state of Wisconsin itself is actually, this is an unusual thing. They said, Greg Palace, bring in your team. The uh, right-wing billionaire, uh, or th- this right-wing billionaire family, the Bradley family, they're, yep. they're like the Cokes of, the Cokes of Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. They have backed a lawsuit to force the state to remove over 150,000 voters that they said have moved. And the state, which has now been the Democrats, despite all the trickery, the Democrats throughout Scott Walker in 2018, the Democrats say this list is junk that you say people have moved, but they didn't know why it was junk. They just said the algorithm is wrong. These, this can't be right. We can't be, mm-hmm. this is all wrong, the information you're giving us. But the state legislature literally voted to require the removal of these voters, which will determine Wisconsin, and Wisconsin's the swing state of swing state. This could determine everything. So the state called me in, believe it or not, and said, we would really like to know um, what's, if this list is accurate or inaccurate. And so my experts have just gone through it, and I can tell you, once again, they're about 70% inaccurate. I just told you about Sequana Taylor, the, the you know, the uh, Milwaukee county right. supervisor. So, so, they so said very, left Milwaukee. Very, uh, Greg, the legislature voted for removal and it was the, the, the Supreme Court of Wisconsin that actually wanted to check the list. No, it's the it's the uh, board of elections. Which, the board by the of way, elections. three Democrats, three Democrats, it. three Republicans, and, uh, and so now what's happened? Republicans. What's happened with that information that that list was seventy percent wrong? Now it goes to the Wisconsin Supreme Court, and uh, we'll hear our oral arguments on September twenty sixth. And that it's this crazy this purge this that is demanded by the right wing, that may pick our president, not the voters. Because if you remove 150,000 voters, and especially overwhelmingly, we looked at these stats, Milwaukee and Madison. Madison's the university. Madison's students, Milwaukee's people of color. Okay, we've got about uh, 14 minutes, and I want to cover a couple of things here, okay? So, First of all, that the a number that you've mentioned once, but I just wanted people to hear it, is that between 2014 and 2016, and remember 2016 was won by Trump only in the Electoral College and only because of three states with a total of, among those three states, I believe, of 77,000 votes. Um, That's correct. Uh, the number of voters purged for moving their residence, and, and you mentioned this number once before, but if people want just people to hear it, 16 million that is 16 million plus, which means one in 12 registered Americans uh, was purged from the voter rolls 
for 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 that. Okay. Now the the two things I want to do is I want to very quickly go through the list of different moves that the um, that the uh, anti-vote people will use. We've talked about purging voters. We've talked about voter ID. Um, where does voter ID, very briefly, I want you to be more brief on uh, so we can run through this stuff and finish by talking about mail-in ballots, okay? So what's the status these days of voter ID? We had a quarter million people in the last election turned away from the voter rolls because someone said they didn't have the right ID. 67% of black men are asked for voter ID, and mostly in states where asking for voter ID is illegal. Doesn't matter. They're black, right? So where's your ID? Um, and finally, the most dangerous thing is in the mail, when we're doing mail-in balloting, if you're in Wisconsin and several other states, you've got to mail in a photocopy of your ID. Mm-hmm. And if you vote, if you're voting for the first time, most states are requiring you to mail in a photocopy of your ID. So be very careful about that issue. Mail in that. If you're going to vote by mail, you better know the rules. Okay, that we'll get to the, We'll get to vote by. I want to finish with the discussion of vote by mail. Okay, limiting mm-hmm. polling places. Where does that stand? That's horrendous. We lost, according to the again, according to MIT, you lost a quarter million voters because they literally couldn't find their polling stations. And what's happening with COVID and other yep. things? It's really dangerous. We went in Milwaukee. We went from 180 polling stations to five yep. in Louisville, Louisville. from 200, 200 voting stations to one. Yeah. Um, and this is happening all over America because so what they can't you, get poll workers. Right. Poll workers who are usually elderly, um, mm-hmm. they are not willing to go in and uh, in a COVID situation and sit in that polling place all day indoors with, with, with uh, people coming in all day. So... What we have is a situation where the federal government is is making, and we're, we're going to talk more about vote by mail before we get off, but the federal government is putting obstacles in the way of vote by mail, and then the local governments are reducing polling places, which means longer lines, which makes the, co- if you are COVID vulnerable because you go to vote in person, the fewer polling places you have, the longer the lines, the more the waits, the worse the threat. Okay. Yes. Um, intimidation at the polls. We haven't seen that as much, but I've read that the Trump campaign is willing to spend millions of dollars to have thugs intimidate voters. What do you know about that? They're creating a vigilante force of 50,000 to go in the polling stations. And we know from history what they do. They go into Hispanic areas and they demand that people show their proof of citizenship. Where's your proof of citizenship? Everyone has to show their proof of citizenship. Well, there's no state in which proof of citizenship is required to exactly. vote. That's been thrown out by federal courts. This is the type of trickery that they do. And they put out all kinds of information that if you owe a parking ticket or alimony, that they're going to seize you at the polls to discourage uh, African-American voters. So this massive, and then you're going to have guys in, you know, in, and they're, it's legal in the sense of they're going to be in Confederate uniforms, Confederate flags. A lot of places will have open carry guns. That's this right. Wherever, wherever they can have their arms, their, their, their open carry guns, they will. Yep. So we're, I'm very concerned about this. And I'm also concerned that we will have some shootings. This mm. could be America's first, uh, First violent election in a century. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then the claims that are very regularly put out by Trump and others uh, about fraud and rigging to cast doubt on the results, uh, basically, of any kind of voting, but now a a a, a uh, an exaggerated effort against mail-in voting. And so these claims of fraud and rigging that you lay now are to create a situation of doubt so that if the election is close, 
you can then see I told you, right? Well, in fact, here's what I'm worried about. Let's see if I can do this in a nutshell. What they're setting up is to say that there's going to be just a cluster F uh, at on election day with mail-in voting, literally millions of ballots stuck in the post office, unpostmarked, ballots mangled, ballots unreadable. And they're going to say, oh, all these fraudulent ballots, which won't be true. But they're going to claim mass fraud in the balloting. There'll be a complete collapse of the counting system in a lot of states. And so you're going to have Republican legislatures where Biden is now expected to win like Michigan, Wisconsin, and Florida. Which should, which would give him the election, right? But and they will maybe, not certified, and, and they, maybe they won't Georgia, certify. Maybe Georgia, Texas, and Arizona. But yes, what you're saying is that they will say, "Well, wait, it won't even, it won't even have to declare fraud if it just takes a long time to count the votes, and they purposely take a long time counting the votes." The legislature can then say, "No, no, we've got to certify," and the date they can use is the date that the electors are supposed to cast their ballots. This was part of what the um, Supreme Court used when they, uh, in 2000, Bush v. Gore as part of their justification, correct? So what they will say is that we we don't have real results from these three swing states. Um, It's so, so so even though Biden's ahead, we can't, you know, blah, blah, we can't count those. And, and then this election, this electoral so the, the the date when the electors have to vote comes comes due, and they say we're just not going to count those states, right? And then if you're below 270 votes, there's one single vote. One, yep. There's no double vote. There's one vote for president in the electoral college. If no one gets 270, it goes to the House of Representatives. We're ready. Each state gets a single vote. Now that means, and that means that uh, Trump wins, quote, in a landslide because. Each, right, because they're because the GOP controls more states, even if they don't win the vote. And well, that's, no, let, let's so say that's right now the Democrats clearly have a majority in the House, but that majority is built up by having huge majorities in heavily populated states with urban centers. And what you're saying is, it doesn't go to the House to vote by Congress people; Congress. it goes to vote one vote per state. So all that matters now is who controls the. Uh, the congressional delegation from states. So your heavy advantage in big population states doesn't count. Your California's vote in that particular election would be the same as Wyoming's. You got it. And there's a lot of little red states out there. Yep. So so that's so look out for this claim of massive fraud. It's going to be used in an attempt to overturn the election. Right. That is kind of their final move. Um, mm-hmm. And then, uh, again, um, I want to do this very quickly, but in states that lack paper trails, they we assume they can actually change, someone can actually change vote totals. And um, because you can't, the, the reason you want a paper trail is so that you know what you voted for and so on. Um, how much fear do you have of that? Well, my biggest fear, frankly, is something a little, is a variant, which is that you cast a ballot and they disqualify it. That's our biggest, that's one of our biggest problems. We have just short of 1 million provisional ballots, which were rejected, uh, 3 million mail-in ballots were rejected in 16, uh, 2 million ballots were considered uncountable and spoiled. And it's not just anyone's ballot that gets lost. According to U.S. Civil Rights Commission, if you're black in Florida, for example, if you're black, the chance your vote will be disqualified on some technical ground after you've cast it 
is 900% higher than if you're white. Yeah, so let me, That's you, you put the numbers in the book, but provisional ballots rejected almost a million. Um, mail-in ballots rejected 3 million and, and lost. Total ballots uncounted. These are people who voted and for one reason they were just, now it, sometimes it'll be that it said you had to, you had to uh, color in the, the circle and instead you put an X in there, that sort of thing. That's right. Um, 5,872,000 uncounted where people voted. And then we remember we talked about the purge. Well, the purge was over a million. Um, Mm -hmm. but but lack of ID was 646,000 total voters blocked almost 2 million. So you got almost 2 million voters blocked from voting and almost 6 million um, ballots uncounted. That's 8 million in an election, right. as we said, which was won by less than 100,000 votes. Okay, finally, let's talk about vote by mail. Um, what do you, I mean, you're not a big fan of vote by mail. I vote by mail, but the way I do it is I sit at home, I take my time, I fill out my ballot, I take it in and I deliver it on election day. That's the way I vote by mail. I don't actually vote by mail, but I, that way I've got a paper ballot and so on. But you say there are some cautions about vote by mail. What are they? Yeah, because not every place is Oregon or California. It's not all cool surfer dudes out there in America. So there's eight states. And so we have, yeah, you have to have... You have to have, uh, it, what's going to happen is a master, uh, according to Barbara Arnwine, for the African-American community, mail-in voting is going to be a disaster because you have to have, in so many of the swing states, you're going to have to have notarization. You're going to have to get that ballot. And if you've moved, you got you, it, people aren't going to get their ballots, um, which one of the reasons we saw the big lines in Georgia is that people did not get their mail-in ballots. It's not that they, right. that they didn't bother to get them. They didn't send them to them. This is an, a major, major problem. Then you're going to have postage due. 100,000 people lost their vote last time because of postage due. People don't understand it has a little box, but yeah. you, in most states you have to put two stamps on. Yeah. They understand that this is a disaster for most communities that have not practiced mail-in voting, and most of the mail-in voting in America, even though we've had a disaster, has been in states that are pretty encouraging, like Oregon, Washington, California, which is a mail-in opt-out state. Um, And we saw in Colorado just went to mail-in voting, and the number of African-American voters fell off a cliff, plummeted, plummeted um, in Colorado when they went to mail-in voting. Okay, so and as you point problem. out, eight states, including Wisconsin, North Carolina, and Minnesota, which are all swing states, require mail-in voters to have the ballot signed by a witness. Okay, so yes. if you live alone, you've now got to go find someone who will witness your mail-in ballot. Um, three states, including Missouri, required the ballot to be notarized. You, so it's like, as you said before about something else, a poll tax. In other words, just to vote, I've got to go take the time to find a notary and have it notarized. And as you said, the uh, worst is Alabama, which requires a notary or two witnesses. All but six states verify your signature against your registration signature, and partisan officials can decide if there's a match. And as you point out, um, in 2016, 141,000 ballots were thrown out because they decided uh, those didn't match. The final thing I want you to remind people is Mm -hmm. that so much of this is based on false claims of voter fraud. Voter fraud is A, incredibly rare, and B, it is a felony that you would be hard-pressed to get someone to lodge one extra vote for your candidate, you could face five years in prison. Am I right? 
Yeah, that's why it's not done. You'd have to be out of your mind. And there is massive vote thievery in the United States, but it's by the elections officials who are partisan, these rabidly partisan officials, most of them GOP officials. Though I'm going to tell you right now, there's a chapter in How Trump Stole 2020 about the Democrats uh, called California Remen, because we have a one-party state here, and the Democrats play endless games with the vote, but it's they they aim their fire at other Democrats. We I, people mm-hmm. ask me, is there Democratic vote thievery? I said tons of it, especially in California. But it's aimed at other Democrats. It's internal party fights between you know the traditionals and the progressives, right? And they go out, and so the traditionals, like in California, just literally you'll see the calculations. They're pretty hard calculations. Working with Paul Mitchell, the number one vote statistician in California, Bernie Sanders was cheated out of. 553,000 votes in California. Uh, Mitchell calls this purge by postcard, um, you know, disenfranchisement by postcard is what he calls it. Because uh, again, they send you postcards right. in California. Okay. It's, it's okay. a disaster. So what you're saying is that it's even the Democrats, when they're in power and they have enough power that they can now fight among themselves instead of fighting the Republicans, the, they will, they will yes. use this stuff to do so. But so- yes. The last two things I want to say, and, and we're going to end this, uh, Greg, is one, mm-hmm. as we've said many times, check your registration. Don't be uh, don't be overconfident. Don't think just because you voted last time your registration is good. As we said, there are things that they can do. And if you are going to mail in, what's your advice on mail in? Have someone check over your ballot. Make sure you fill out everything on the envelope. If you don't have a driver's license, it says driver's license, put in no driver's license, put in your last four of your social security number, make sure you have the right, you know, fill in a bubble, no X's, no smiley faces. And, you know, I give all this advice, by the way, at the back of my book, right. How Trump Stole 2020, I have my, your ballot condom for safe voting, which gives you much more detail in how to save your vote, save your vote and help others fill out their ballots, put in that request for mail-in ballot as early as you can. And if you don't have it two weeks before the election, you call your county board of elections. Don't wait till yeah, election don't day to wait find out until you don't have a ballot. Too late. Yeah, don't just keep going, oh, damn them. Why haven't I gotten it? You got to do it. Okay. The new book is How Trump Stole 2020, The Hunt for America's Vanished Voters. The website is gregpalast.com. That's G-R-E-G-P-A-L-A-S-T. For this conversation and many other interviews and articles and to join me in pursuit of a world that just might work, go to terrencemcnally.net, T-E-R-R-E-N-C-E-M-C-N-A-L-L-Y.net or aworldthatjustmightwork.com. They're the same website. Um, If you want to receive my weekly email announcement telling you who's going to be on, what we're going to talk about, plus eight or ten articles I choose each week to flesh out the conversation, sign up at my site or email me at temcnally, T-E-M-C-N-A-L-L-Y, at mac.com. You can also subscribe and listen to the Reform Podcast on Apple Podcasts uh, and at most podcast sites. You'll find years of podcasts at my site or at those other uh, Tune sites. The difference is at my site, it's easier to search for someone you want to find. Listen anytime, anywhere. You can follow me on Twitter, at McNally Terrence. Thanks to G. Lee in production, George Vassilopoulos of Progressive Voices, and most of all, you, my listeners, please share this podcast widely. And finally, thank you, Greg Palace. Keep up the good work.
I'm Desi Doyen from Bradblog.com. And I'm Brad Friedman, also from Bradblog.com. You're listening to the Progressive Voices channel on TuneIn. CD quality audio, fewer commercials. And all your favorite progressive shows. Like Hartman, Miller, Malloy. And more. And instead of local commercials, you hear great features. Like the Bradblog's Green News Report. That is great. No local radio affiliate, no prob. We're mobile. We are where you are. So while you're visiting Bradblog.com. Don't forget to listen to Progressive Voices. And don't forget to spread the word. Thanks for listening to the Progressive Voices Network, streaming the best in progressive talk 24-7. Keep the progressive conversation going on by joining our community. Each week, we send out an email that covers important things taking place in the Progressive Voices Network and throughout the progressive world. Be the first to know of upcoming shows, schedule changes, exclusive programming, and more. Simply go to ProgressiveVoices.com and sign up for our mailing list. It's that easy. ProgressiveVoices.com. Thanks for listening, and thanks for joining the Progressive Voices community.